Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast, episode 19. Alongside Hunter Pulaski, I am Peter Garber. We are presented by Reed Furniture in downtown Petoskey. Whatever your furniture need, it's Reed indeed. Thanks for spending some time with us today. However you're listening, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and most places where you stream and download your podcast. You can also listen to us at theticketnorthernmichigan.com. Click Podcasts. And we are excited to be making our radio debut this week on 104.7 FM, 1340 AM, The Ticket. In today's show, updates from the Michigan PGA Tournament of Champions happening at Boyne Mountain Resort right here in our backyard, as well as a quick recap of the U.S. Junior Amateur Championship. May have caught a little bit of an ad action over the weekend as it was televised. Give you our winners and losers from the 3M Open, where Cam Champ emerged victorious, and we had a pretty good week on the gambling side as well. And then we head over to Japan to do a preview of Olympics golf on an unknown and very interesting-looking golf course over there, just about 25 miles outside of Tokyo, where Hideki Matsuyama looks to win a gold medal in his home country. And then, of course, we saved a little bit of time to talk member guest season. It was the Cook Cup at Petoskey Bayview Country Club over the weekend, so we get a recap from Hunter on that, as Petoskey Bayview Country Club is his local home course. Thanks for being with us. Let's go. So the uh, today's date is July 27th, so the Tournament of Champions out at Boyne Mountain uh, started yesterday, so it's running the 26th, 27th, 28th. They're playing the Alpine Monument and then back to the Alpine for tomorrow's Wednesday round, final round. Uh, I just wanted to go over the the leaderboard very quickly. They played, uh, like I said, they played one round, so I'll just do like the top, I'll just do the top, I don't know, I'll do the top 10. Is uh, this just stroke play gross? Correct. Yeah, so it's... And this is the GAM Tournament of Champions? The Michigan PGA Tournament of Champions. I don't. Got it. Um, and they, they do a really good job. So there are uh, there are females playing it. There are you can have. Um, I want to say it's it's senior males, uh, low index males, uh, young younger males, and then females, senior females as well, all playing uh, on the same leaderboard, just at different tees. So uh, as far as the top 10 goes, we have a Barrett, ha- Barrett, Barrett Kelpin from Kalamazoo at minus seven, shot out of 65 yesterday. Uh, Jeff Roth, who plays out of Boyne Golf Academy at minus six. Otto Black from Lakeland's minus six. Tom Workmeister, who always gave Joey a hard time years ago. He's an older guy, probably mid-50s by now, uh, shot minus five. Uh, He's a good player. Yeah, really, really play. good player. Uh, Jeffrey Kuzart uh, from Grozeal shot minus five. Chris Mori uh, also shot, or rather shot minus four. Eric Lillibu, or Lillibu, rather, who we've named, familiar name, shot minus four. Jake Keene, who recently graduated from Oakland, shot minus four. 
Annika Dye, who we've mentioned several times, plays at uh, Michigan, uh, is at minus three. Brian Carnes from uh, Milford is at minus three. Alex Scott, who we've mentioned several times in the show, is at minus three. And that kind of rounds out the top ten, but then just some other local names. Sean Bazilla, who's over at Harbor Point in in Harbor Springs, shot minus one. Tim Pierce, who we had on the show uh, several weeks ago now, before after the PGA Championship, is also at minus one. Uh, ben Cook, who played in the PGA Championship uh, a few months ago, is at even par. So that's kind of a, a look at the local players. Um, you, you guys are able to go watch. I don't think they're going to give you carts, but you can go watch. So, and I, I looks like today and tomorrow are both nice days for it. And so if you're listening on the radio broadcast, that's actually concluded uh, earlier today. But like we said, this is being recorded uh, Tuesday morning. Oh, yeah, some great that. players on that leaderboard, and they're obviously shooting some good scores. Can't say I've ever seen anybody shoot seven under on the Alpine. No, no, it's a good list. It's a good card, too. Uh, he he didn't, didn't even bury the two par fives on the front side. Made eagle on 12. Buried 14, buried 16, buried 18 with a couple bogeys sprinkled in, but then, and then. And tell us again what his name was, the guy that's currently uh, in. Yeah, Barrett, uh, Barrett Kelpin from Kalamazoo, a name I'm not not familiar with. And as of the, what time do they tee off on Tuesday and then again on Wednesday? About what time are the tee times? Mm -hmm. So uh, teeing off starting at 8 o'clock on Tuesday running all the way until 150 so I, I would i would guess this if you're listening at the same time tuesday afternoon you should be able to watch until i would think at least five and then same case for wednesday probably eight o'clock until four or five i think you could go watch and see some golf uh and where are you looking at the live scoring hunter uh so um mipga.bluegolf.com is just the if you just want to if you just typed in tournament champions 2021 on on Google, it would just be the Blue Golf site. And Blue Golf and Golf Genius seem to be the two that are taking care of all the tournaments these days. And they, it seems all like... All right, so bring your walking there. shoes because they're not going to let you take a cart. And if you want to watch, those courses are hard to walk. And uh, maybe maybe you want to wait until maybe Wednesday is the better day to go watch anyway because they'll be on the Alpine and not the Monument, though I'm not sure it makes much of a difference <laughs> They're both so far away from the clubhouse. I'm just trying. To, yeah, I guess if you went, if you went on Wednesday and you went later in the day, you could watch. You could walk out to like 16 and really, yeah, you're right. really not walk, get that far out there. Go out to, or just go sit by 18 green on on the Alpine, which is a really fun risk reward, reachable par five with the yeah, very good point. Because they are they are going off of the green, so that's close enough to the parking lot that you can just walk over there and sit and bring a chair. Definitely, and they're going off one in ten, so you'll see shots there all day if you if you uh, decide to go sit there. All right, tell us what else is going on in the world of local golf. Yeah, local local golf wise. So starting, uh, we talked about it last week. Uh, the U.S. Junior Boys Amateur was down at uh, Country Club of North Carolina. Yeah, Country Club of North Carolina. PJ Maybank was playing. He qualified for the uh, match play round of 64. He got beat in the first round. So he ended up 
coming back to Michigan. Now he is playing in the uh, 43rd annual Michigan Junior State Am, and he was the medalist for the Stroke Play event, which was a AM PM 36 hole uh, event yesterday. He shot minus 10, which was a Ooh. yeah. I'm trying to get that exact number. Wow, we. He shot um, playing really well, and that's fun to think about. You know that he was playing in that tournament. If anybody was near a TV or watching any golf that wasn't the 3M Open this weekend, you probably saw some of those late matches in the U.S. Junior. So that is the same event that PJ was playing, and he was just a couple victories away from us seeing him up on the up on the screen there. Yeah, so he shot uh, round rounds of 68, 66, and he is currently, I'll try to get an exact, he was one up through six, and now he is two up through seven on uh, Landon Wanless, and I expect this to be done, what do you think, this will be done by Thursday, I believe, so I will, I will try to tweet out some results, either Thursday or Friday, some results of this, and Peter mentioned it, but the... Uh, the U.S. Uh, boys Junior Amateur. I don't know if, if anybody did watch any of that. Some I, I I look forward to those to the both the the amateur and the junior amateur when the little bit they put on TV because those kids are scary scary good. That Nick Nick uh, Dunlop who who won he shot a fifty nine when he was twelve years old. Uh, so good. he's good. He's a good player. Yeah. <laughs> Unreal how good these kids are getting golf for some reason. I don't know. I don't know. Is that recency bias? I don't know what that is, but for some reason, it just seems like these guys get better and better every year. And the younger players become more and more successful when they come out on tour. I don't know. Maybe we'll be disproven. Maybe Colin Morikawa is just, uh, you know, his own, uh, uh, a phenomenon unto unto himself and not necessarily a, a trend but gosh to shoot a 59 at the age of 12 <laughs> and not from the red tees i mean it's pretty good yeah i mean i guess that's just a, that's a very simple case of not knowing what you don't know <laughs> you would just be like i'm 12 years old i'm just playing golf i like 50 what's 59 that's the best the best chance for anybody to ever shoot 18 under par. It has to be a kid that's 14 or under, I feel like, because <laughs> to your point, the rest of us would at some point come out of the physical zone and have some kind of try to think about what exactly what was taking place, whereas the younger person might just put their head down and keep making birdies and not think too much of it, but all right, is that it for the for what's going on in the world of local golf? Yeah, that's all I can really that's all I can really think about. Um, yeah, no, all uh, all good here. I'm, I'm, I, th- I think I am missing something. If I am, I'll add it at some point. And for those who are waiting for it, we will talk a little bit about the esteemed Cook Cup member guest championship that took place <clears throat> this past weekend at the renowned Petoskey Bayview Country Club, which both Hunter and I competed in, um, but we're going to save that, I think, for a late, a little later in the in the show, don't you think? Yeah, that works for me. So let's get to winners and losers from 3M. Um, obviously, the big winner of the week was Cameron Champ, 
um, coming through with a uh, with a victory there and a couple great uh, rounds over the week, including a, a really nice round on on Sunday. I do think there were a lot of people out there who had Cameron Champ tickets. I think it made a lot of sense. Um, and if you had him, you got him at a really, really great number. I saw some really, really good numbers, triple-digit numbers floating around. So, unfortunately, I was not a Cameron Champ backer. Um, but I did play a somewhat similar strategy in terms of targeting players who fit a similar profile, in particular Keith Mitchell, and a guy that's great with his driver and has struggled maybe a little bit with his putting this year. Um but we'll go inside the numbers on that a little bit. But just in terms of the tickets and the gambling space, do you want to recap your winners and losers first, and then I'll go? Uh, we don't need to talk about. I don't think there were winners. I'm on. <laughs> this is getting. We were we were talking about this this weekend. This is getting comical. And it actually, we're past comical. Well, it was comical the I first two weeks. I texted you it's not on Thursday. I hadn't even looked at the board, which is really uncommon for me. And it was like lunchtime. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I haven't even checked the leaderboard at the 3 a.m. open. I wonder what's happening. I also like to go from the bottom to the top because I have a lot of psychological problems. What do you think one of the first names? Who do you think one of the first names I saw was? I imagined it was, it was Grillo. Yeah, it's your big pick of the week, Emiliano Grillo. Who was already four over par? <laughs> I think Barely. they were in his, They were sitting in the clubhouse in the suspension. I thought that plus four was going to turn into a WD, but I'm shocked. yeah, I'm I texted shocked. you and I said your picks are poison. Uh, they they feel like poison because even uh, even more so, I, I almost feel like I deserve a little bit of credit for Cameron Champ because I was. Seven days ago, I was saying how bad of a putter he was, and you were like, and you mentioned you go, well, he has a couple top tens. I don't have the screenshot, but I want it on the record that Cameron Champ has missed eleven straight or not eleven straight cuts, eleven cuts this season. So I want you to know that my comments last week I felt were warranted. Well, he's a boomer bust player, and it shows <laughs> you that lead in form is not necessarily required for. A player who is a, a you know an accomplished player to be able to play well, and I think Cameron Champ is probably more accomplished, especially now, than we've given him credit for, and we have allowed those missed cuts, and which I think has come a lot from on the greens, which we'll dive into a little bit more in a second. But like that stuff can, if you're a really good player, you can figure it out. It's it's in there, you know, and we've seen that with a guy like Brooks who kind of, you know, seems to fart around for extended periods of time. And then all of a sudden finds something or just goes to that next level. Um, I actually, I'm sorry that you had such a poor week. Cause I'm going to make it worse by telling everyone that I had, a, I had a really nice week. Um, nice. I did have a fair number of losing tickets. I was back Joel Dahman to win in top 30, neither of which hit. Ryan Moore to win in top 30, missed the cut. Hank Lebiota withdrew after two rounds. I had an outright in a top 30. And Kyle Stanley was the Cameron champ who just continued to be 206th in putting and not all of a sudden be first. Because I, if you look at his shot tracker, my 
goodness, did he hit it good again. And I keep backing this guy, but he missed out the cut on the number. He just can't get his ball in the hole right now. But unbelievable to see a guy that a high atop the fantasy national rankings and uh, in terms of ball striking and continue to uh, struggle to make the cuts. Just shows you need all facets of your game. But the winners, I had outrights on Charles and Keith Mitchell. Um, which included each ways, which I tell you guys about all the time. So thanks to Bet Rivers down here in Illinois for offering those each ways. Uh, it, it'd be a shame if, each- if a Michigan book would do that. It'd be a shame. You keep talking about these stupid each ways. Oh uh, well, Bet Rivers sick and does tired have these each ways. You can Bet Rivers is now in Michigan. As of when? I, I think it's been. Well, I don't know, but they're there now. That's confirmed. Yeah. So you should definitely check that out. I mean, I'm in Chicago today, Hunters and Petoskey, but you should check it out because I think you I think you may have them now. Um, I will. And they're a lot of fun because Keith Mitchell was 201, which I told you guys was a misprice, and made seven birdies in a row on Saturday, which was really fun to watch. And as you pointed out, nearly made an eighth. Uh, and that was on the back nine, which is the more scorable nine there at 3M. But, um, yeah, finished fifth. For a 40 to 1. And I backed that uh, top 30. So those each ways pay out one fifth of the odds. And then I had a Charles ticket in like the, must have been in the 60 range. That paid out 12 to 1 for his tie for third or fourth, however it ended up. And I backed Brian Stewart this week uh, to top 30. And Charles had a, had a top 40. So, you know, you can see there how I like to consolidate bets on a handful of players. Um, it's a good thing I hit those each ways. Had I not, it would have been a losing week, but uh, that made the difference. A few too many losing finishing positions to make it a great week, but still really, really happy with uh, the way that that went. And I feel good about how we position the 3M moving forward and like next year. I mean, a bomber. Uh, came through there obviously champs one of the best drivers on tour if not the best driver on tour your driver is a crucial club on that golf course so it's a combination of those young bombers who get hot putters and some of those um seasoned plotters who are carrying good form and uh, avoid trouble like the charles and the tringales and ryan armors and uh, those kind of players. So feel great about the 3M, becoming a big fan of 3M and the Rocket. I feel like they've given us a couple events that we can really, are really fun to bet. So mm-hmm. any other takeaways on the 3M Open before we go inside the numbers on Cameron Champ's victory here? I have a small piece of trivia for you. Uh, no, I don't think so. The only pick I had that, I don't know why I'm mentioning it, was Dylan Fratelli. Missed the cut as well. Same as Grillo. They missed by a ton, I guess. I'm lo- I just looked at the numbers. They're both, both at minus three. But as you have mentioned, we were playing a little bit of golf this weekend, so I didn't watch a, a ton. I watched a little bit on Sunday. Do you want to, since we're a little light on PGA Tour content, uh, and I know we're about to get into the Olympics, do you want to talk at all about Bryson and Rom? 
both testing positive for COVID and therefore losing their place in the Olympics. We now have Captain Captain America going to be on your TV screens this weekend. He's now in for Bryce and Patrick Reed. Poor Sungjae and uh, Siwoo Kim. That's all I got to say. Because <laughs> Captain America. <sighs> you think he's I, coming for gold? Yeah, yeah. Because I we've we've we have put this question out there that if, if John Rom he even got to ask that question if John Rom and uh, and Sungjae run eighteen tied and yeah. Sungjae had a chance to for bronze to not have to go serve two years in the military Rom would would block it into the into the woods. Yes. Captain America would go out there and try to make yeah, a, a better birdie or a better birdie than he was going to yes. before the question was asked to him. So I'm nervous for him now. It does seem like if that situation comes about, <laughs> that Reed would be one of the lone players on tour that would keep the pedal down. But God, he pushed, yeah, I he just pushed think it down I'm, I'm really, first of all, it would be the most Patrick Reed thing for him to win now at the Olympics. <laughs> Um, when I backed him all summer, I had tickets <laughs> at Augusta, Kiowa, the Open Championship, and the U.S. Open, all four majors. And he's going to win the Olympics. And I'm certainly not going to be on him at 12 to 1 or whatever. I will get into that in a minute. But real quick, because I talked about Cam Champ before we get full Olympics mode. The guy was in to go inside the numbers for a second. The guy was 206th in putting. I don't know if you saw this making the rounds over the weekend. 206th in putting. <laughs> I made the comment. <laughs> I, I used that stat for my stat last week and <laughs> it came back to bite me. And he was first <laughs> in the field this week with his putter, which is just phenomenal. And to think that had had nothing to do, to my knowledge, that was no equipment change or grip change. Isn't that crazy? He just, like that, I guess to some extent we've all experienced it. But you know, when I was, as I was watching that make the rounds, I was thinking about, do you know who I was thinking about? Hmm. I was thinking about you. Oh, God. (laughs) Like, where do you think you rank at Petoskey Bayview in strokes gained putting for the year? Uh, I a lot higher than I think you ever think. I think I just okay, give because I, I give myself so many opportun- more opportunities than like a regular member would. Because we're that that is taken into account, right? No, it's just your total. Do you gain or lose strokes against? How do you putt against the rest of the field from wherever you are? I'm oh, not saying like strokes gain birdie or better or anything like that, or no strokes I, gain per green and regulation. How about this? Where do you think you rank in total putts? I have no idea. Probably, probably middle of the pack. Well, anyway, the point of this whole exercise. <laughs> which didn't really work is that there's hope. Oh yeah. No, there's always hope. I, I've, I've actually felt pretty good. I probably recently. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. It's gotten better. It's turning around. It really didn't have, we got to a, like a deep, it was the end of the road. And if it didn't turn back around, there was nowhere else for it to go. So, well, I, I did notice that you're back to the, that was a very brief experiment with those other weapons. 
and you're back with the trusty rusty yeah no it was like it was less than a day it was hours hours of <laughs> <laughs> that they lasted it was not even um, they weren't full rounds none of them were none of them lasted all nine holes ever uh okay so one other thing because i think this is an amazing stat to put into context the uh just how significant this victory was for Cameron Champ. He's up to 49th in the FedEx Cup, but there are only three players on the PGA Tour under the age of 27 who have won a tournament each of the past three seasons. One of them is Cameron Champ. Can you name the other two? Uh, I think I might be able to just because I saw Colin. Yeah. Um, and then I saw, I, I, I saw this yesterday. It's not Jordan, is it? No, it's John Rahm, right? John Rahm, yeah. yeah that would be and Rahm. he's just under 27. He's 26. I feel like I saw that, and then I thought to myself, well, wouldn't, didn't JT win? He's still under 27, or has he just turned 28? I thought he was always my age because he won this he won this year he won last year and the year before so i, I was i did notice that, I, did saw he, that. Did, I thought the stat was a when i saw it i was like oh my gosh that makes i don't know if that's just like but that makes cameron champ look so good to be in the company yeah. of those other guys yeah uh jt's 28 okay yeah you know speaking of jt and reed and some of those other guys as we transition i think into the olympics here i think they're going to be don't do you feel like those guys are motivated to quote unquote save their seasons because they were unsuccessful in the major championships and are they even more sort of spurred on because they have colin now coming up behind them and sort of stealing stealing their thunder and stealing all the major championships. Uh, I, it's a damn good thing that JT won the players. Cause he'd be almost, he'd be off tour here pretty soon. Right. For him, it's, <laughs> it's maybe less. So, because it, when you win the players, you feel like you've won golf's fifth major. Um, I, I do think so. I, I think captain America is a guy that would be in. He didn't have any big wins this year. He just won quail hollow. Yeah, no, I I think uh, I don't think it takes much for Patrick Reed to show up. I don't think I think he could be playing the best golf of his life, and he'd still treat it like any other golf tournament. I'm not sure what gets JT out of the bed these days. The with the way with the way he's been playing, I am tired. God, because I, I, I I'm the biggest Justin Thomas fan, and now that Jordan Spieth is having some success again, it's making me sick to my stomach. So I would like Justin Thomas to to play with a little bit of felt. Um, fire under his belly, but we'll see. It's it's been a it's been an odd year because I mean they did he that player seems so long ago, just because it was it was all four majors ago. Or yeah, right. I know. So it just seems it just seems like it was forever ago, but it really wasn't that long ago. And he he's actually put together some decent rounds, but it's never been four. It hasn't been four consecutive rounds uh, in months now. So I, looking at the. I'm sure you'll mention it, but the it's really interesting to see the from the top of the leaderboard all the way down to the 
diversity that comes with the Olympic field. I think you got guys that are what, all the way down in the four fifties, uh, Olympic golf world ranking. I think the couple of the guys from India, maybe. Yeah. So it's the, it's the high, probably the highest variance you'll ever. Oh, I would think so. See in an event that has this quality of player at the top. I mean, there's just, which you'll notice when you launch your betting apps or go to your local sports book or whatever, um, you know, today or tomorrow or this weekend. And I would encourage you to save some bullets this week because the odds are so short right out of the gate on Wednesday that if a premium player comes out and shoots one or two under or something, doesn't shoot themselves out of the tournament, but are still in it, their odds are going to drop and you're going to be able to pick them up at a better number. But yeah, like the, you'll, the way that the weakness of the field, if you will, bears itself out is in the, I'm getting some lag, Peter. I think that phone's too close to your mic. Or some frequency. Sorry, is that better? Much better. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. I was just going to say, you notice how top-heavy the um, field is when you look at the odds board, don't you think? I mean, have you ever seen so many guys under 14 to 1 in a field that has guys who are I mean, there's guys over 500 to one. Oh, no, it's incredible. It's absolutely, I, it, 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 seem, it seems like a cardinal sin to, to grab somebody under 14. Uh, Morikawa is a betting favorite, plus 650. Xander somehow is the second favorite. They can put any number on him and people will bet him. It's unbelievable to me. I mean, he's eight to one. Then JT and Hovland are 11. Rory, Casey, Matsuyama. I mean, it just sounds weird coming out of my mouth. Rory, Casey, Matsuyama all on the same line, and it's 12 to 1. <laughs> just, you know, just feels crazy. Reed, maybe the first person that feels like he's possible value at 16. Answer 20, Neiman 22, Lowry 22, Cam Smith 22, Fleetwood 28, M28, Connors 28, Corey Connors 28 to 1, Christian Bazudenho 28 to 1. So, and then at the bottom, you know, Udayan Man 1000 to 1, Christian Johannesson 500 to 1. So, Guys that are, I, I'll be honest, guys I don't know. So I do think if you look back at the 2016 when, uh, you know, Rose won gold and Stenson won silver, it feels like with the exception of a couple guys that sort of pop up and maybe in really good form or be a great fit for the golf course, like the cream is going to rise mostly to the top here, particularly if you have elite players who are in form. Unfortunately, we lose one of those with Rom not being able to play, but, you know, Morikawa is obviously uh, in good form. Matsuyama, we think, is probably in good form, though we haven't seen a ton of him lately. Uh, 
you know, Reed has been in pretty good form, maybe not quite to his standard, but what's your take on the odds board and just the, the if there's value out there? And then I'll get into the golf course a little bit. Uh, you you mentioned Patrick Reed as being kind of the first number right where you see value. Um, <clears throat> I'm kind of in the same boat. I don't I don't really see there's not there's not many names on here that I I see where where value comes along with it. I don't mind. I don't expect Neiman to win, but I, but like we have to get started getting to like that twenty number. I don't I don't hate Tommy Fleetwood at twenty nine to one. But it is, I mean, it is an extremely top. A, I could see Colin Morikawa absolutely just running away with this golf tournament because he is playing so exceptionally well right now. Um, that I, I don't, I don't see, I don't see many guys in this leaderboard that unless they're playing um, some of their better golf that is going to compete with the Colin Morikawa that we've seen the last uh, six months or so. So. I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm kind of at a, in a tough spot here because I don't really see. Do you have finishing positions in down there? Yeah, I've seen them, and I have. There's, I have one F F offering zero lines on men's golf at the Olympics. Okay. I have one that's offering limited lines, but the DraftKings sportsbook down here for Illinois does have. Finishing positions for 5, 10, and 20 so far, not for 30 or 40, which I don't think they'll ever do because, remember, there's no cut here. Yeah. And the field is too premium. So even when you go to the finishing position numbers, they're crazy. Um, But if you were, like, super, super confident on, on Colin, he is plus 120 to top five, which is sort of interesting. The only one that I've grabbed so far um and probably if y'all listen to this podcast you already know who it is it's Sibu Kim and I did not bet the outright yet because I think it might drift I hope it's gonna drift a little um 55 right now but he's plus 300 to top 10 obviously the storyline is South Koreans, if they meddle, can be exempted from military service. Who knows which way that's going to go? Are they going to play great because of that? I don't know. I, I don't know. They could play terribly because the pressure is too great and you're playing with a totally different mindset. I think the key for those guys is to try to treat it like a regular event, as crazy as that <laughs> sounds. That's not, you know, like I don't know how will they be able to even do that. I don't know. And then there's a couple guys way down here that I do think like Mac Hughes is on fire and Mac Hughes just feels like a gamer. He feels like a big game hunter. He's, he's plus three fifty to top 10. I might look at a top 20 number there. I do think his form can carry him pretty well. Uh, and then Johnny Vegas Coming off a couple really good weeks in a row. He was really poor in the Olympics back in 16. But I trust the form. His putting, his ball striking is so good. He's ranking towards the top in all these fantasy national categories. And if you watched any of the 3M, you know his putter held him back over the weekend. He probably could or even in his own mind maybe thought should have won that golf tournament. Um, But... 
I think his game is going to play here. So let's get into this golf course a little bit. It's long. It's over 7,400 yards, par 71. We're like 25 miles outside of Tokyo. If you've watched any of the Olympics so far, you've seen that it's kind of a rainy season over there, and it's been a little wet. I do think the golf course, you know, they may have to deal with some sogginess, and and I think it's going to play – just from a general sense, it's going to play every inch of that 7,400 plus or wherever they set the tees. They might be a little nicer to these guys since they have some wide variance in terms of the world ranking between Colin and the quote unquote last guy in the field, if you will. But um, I do think the course is going to be play long because of the wetness they're bent grass greens and zoysia grass in the rough and fairways we do play on some zoysia on tour bell riv is on zoysia um there's a few others there are some guys out there who are known as playing really well on zoysia i don't know of any of them that are in the field but like brooks is good on that the ball kind of sits up on zoysia grass which a lot of guys like with for their irons um but it's bent grass greens Really interesting stories around this golf course. If you want to go read a little bit more, they used to have two greens for every hole. Um, the course was shut down during the war when golf was prohibited in Japan, became an army camp, uh, then came back. But it's over a century old and it's been redesigned most recently by Tom Fazio and his son. He said that Tom compared it to a Northeast Donald Ross. Um, which I found to be interesting. And others have said it's visually similar to Augusta National. I do think the greens are larger than most tour stops. Um, and the bunkering is very significant, both deep in terms of playing out of it and visually. So you will see big features, big greens, big bunkers. Um, and it's pretty long. So in that sense, I can understand people comparing it to Augusta. There's a lot more nuance in Augusta in that you have to be a great putter, short game player, and be able to hit off uneven lies in the fairway. I don't know if this golf course is going to offer all those nuances as well, but visually it may look somewhat similar. So I don't know. Does that bring a guy like Cam Smith into play? I don't know. Uh, And then Hideki won the Japan Junior back in 2000 nine on this golf course so he has played here and of course he's playing in his home country in the same year that he became the first japanese-born player to win one of golf's four major championships so that will be a huge storyline going into the week i do think um rory and jt maybe less so jt because he won the players like hunter pointed out but a guy like Rory trying to salvage his season will be a bit of a storyline. And if Xander or Colin get into contention, and maybe even before that, they both have some Japanese heritage, so don't be surprised to hear that brought up on the uh, on the broadcast. So that gives you a little bit of a feel for the uh, for the golf course, and I think some of the uh, storylines to uh, to watch this week. Again. I'm saving bullets because I think these odds are crazy. I'm in on Siwoo to top 10. I really like Rory here because of the wetness and the length. 
He's a great driver and great with his long irons. That's why he's so good at Quail Hollow. If that if this course ends up playing that way, you know, I think he'll have an advantage over some of the other players in the uh in the field. You know, he's a little bit longer than Colin and uh generally speaking a better better putter and short game player. So uh and I do like Hideki. I I happen to think that Hideki probably feels light. I think there's less pressure having won the Masters. I think had he not won the Masters or a tournament this year, he probably would feel the weight of the world on his shoulders. But I think this is more of like a coronation, like a victory lap type of thing. I wouldn't be surprised to see Hideki play some awesome golf this week on a course that he's clearly has more familiarity with than anybody else. At least he's played here, you know, so, and he's comfortable in these sort of surroundings. So I, I love Hideki. I hope that Hideki comes out and kind of fumbles his way through the first round and I can pick him up at, you know, 20 to one or something like that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to hit 12 to one, but I might get in on some finishing position or, or something like that. Cause I do think, uh, he's got a great chance this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'll be. Uh, I think we're a little bit different disagreement there. As far I feel like, if you're playing at your home in your home country, it would be it would be very tough to perform at a high level. I just see. I maybe maybe not in Japan quite. Maybe just because of a little bit, but that just seems like a lot of a lot of added the, pressure. You think it's the pressure and not the distractions? I don't think there are. I don't, and that's like the way I. You might have just heard me try to like change what I just said because I don't really think distractions is the right word to use because I think they're like I think he's very by the book show up play golf do everything he needs to do to set up himself up for success but I think it's just the added pressure of playing in your home country for a Olympic gold medal uh so I think that's like that's where it's led. I don't think they I don't think he's quite on the level of Sung Jae and Siwoo because Siwoo is not Siwoo is not going to play well this week. I don't think Sung Jae's going to play well either. I'm going to feel terrible the whole damn time because we are seeing it. I mean, we just saw it at 3M. What place do you think Sung Moon Bay finishes at the 3M? Oh, was he feeling it already? Uh he didn't. He didn't finish because he only he only had 34 strokes and he withdrew. So <laughs> it nerves me a little bit. It nerves me a lot. Sung Jae is way too well, if good. If you know anything about Siwoo Kim, you know that he's a big game hunter. <laughs> just because just because he went out and shot just because he went out and shot one big game animal one time doesn't mean that he can just go around and call himself a big game hunter he won the amex that's a good event <laughs> fair enough he's won some good events no i don't i don't know i think siwu is freaking bulletproof he's got so many he's so far inside his own head that pressure can't affect him he's put so much pressure on himself like there's no pressure, no external pressure that could possibly be greater than the pressure he puts on himself. That's why he's either the best player in the field some weeks and and some weeks he's, you know, one of the worst. But I do yeah, think be, I, I don't be... know about the pressure thing. I just really feel like you know how golf is too. It's a momentum thing. Hideki can make a ton of birdies. Oh yeah. Like if he feels comfortable and he makes some early birdies or he gets on one of his like you know in his element for 
maybe one or one and a half, two rounds out of the four, no cut. I don't know. Just seems like a good setup for for Decky on a course that he's that he's played before. I think he's going to have an advantage on the greens and things like that. So I do think the no we'll fans, see. the no fans will or la- is I can't I can't decide if it's no fans or it's a lack of fans because I'm watching events where there are people, there are humans in the state in the stands. But I swear I saw no fans. So whether There's, it's a, no fans or lack of fans, I think that will definitely help both the the two well, Koreans they, and um, Hideki. I think it hurts them. Do you? Yeah, they can't like rally around him. Dude, the crowds that would have been out there following Hideki Matsuyama at an Olympics in Japan, half the country would have been there. They would have had to give him the entire golf course for the afternoon just to accommodate the crowds. Exactly. Like one hole on either side of him that's not a tea time. <laughs> I mean, he has his own media, Japanese media, following him all over the United States. So imagine how many people would have been out. I, I think this is where the no spectator thing is going to hurt the most because I think this could have been a great week for Olympic golf mm-hmm. just based on that connection and how popular a figure Hideki is. And we're not going to get we're not going to get that feeling from watching the golf tournament. Speaking of watching the golf tournament, this is going to come on about six o'clock on Thursday. Is that right? Uh, so it's, it's very funny. You just mentioned that. Cause I was, I just looked it up in the last two minutes. Cause I was curious. So I kind of, I think I'm, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I kind of love this. We're going to be watching like primetime Olympic golf all week is that how this is going to shake out you are a little off so it starts when there are 13 hours ahead of us so it's going to start wednesday night not thursday night but yes it'll start about 6 30 on 6 30 on wednesday night running to about 3 30 tuesday or rather uh, rather thursday morning so we get about what's that about nine nine ish hours of coverage starting saturday or starting wednesday running through saturday night and what time does it end uh 6 30 to 3 30 eastern standard time AM, 3.30 AM. Okay, that's a bummer. So yeah, so not, it, quite as, not, not quite as good as, as what you were imagining. Unless your work schedule allows you to stay up until 3.30. Yeah, so I mean, you, you're going to watch a few hours. I mean, you got to think that's... So if you're listening, yeah, if you're listening to the radio show right now, it's Wednesday night, you're, you can just flip on your TV and they're already playing. Yeah. So it would work out pretty well. I'm, I'm excited. I'm. Uh, I did see some visuals from the golf course. Golf course does look pretty sweet. Yeah, I agree. It's very visually, uh, very green, beautiful sand, huge bunkers, and it's long. Yeah, yeah. Are you? Are you uh, who? I, they're going to have to. They're going to have to set it up short. A couple of those first days. Yeah, you would think so. I'm just curious, just to see how it plays. Me too. Me too. If they set it up short, it's like advantage Morikawa again. Uh, I, I don't think it. I think you could play at seventy-one or whatever that is, seventy-six, seventy-one par, and he'd still be okay. He's too good. Yeah, I know he's good. He's good, but he's not that long. I mean, he's he hits it far enough, but he doesn't hit it far. No. So I feel like Rom was going to crush this tournament. This seems like a great course for him. Really good with his. And he's on fire. I don't know. I I feel t- I feel terrible. What, what is that he- poor guy has gotten COVID? This is number three. Mm, I would have said two. All right. No, I, I thought the, I thought the other time you said he already had it. Maybe I'm wrong about that. But 
goodness gracious i think because after memorial he said well i feel like i'm bulletproof now i have i have had covid i've had the antibodies i've had the vaccine and now here he is so what is he doing what does he what does he need to change i guess i mean he travels a ton not really anything you can do about that yeah, but like i don't think it's, it's just nothing i'd be careful with signing any responsibility or blame to john I no i know that's not what i'm, virus what I'm trying finds to do. you of its own volition not necessarily on account of your habits well, i guess we'll see if he's got he's got it twice in the last month peter he doesn't strike me as like he has a little baby does he strike you as the kind of oh, guy yeah. who's out like partying all the time or something like putting himself in really risky I don't, I don't think so no. i think he's the opposite so he needs maybe his immune system needs to be checked he might have some underlying issues all right so where are we for time there uh we got six minutes we got 53 minutes but i, I started probably four or five minutes early so that's which is great that gives us plenty of time Unless we've missed anything else that you want to cover. No. To, re- to recap the member guest over the weekend. You want to you wanna talk a little bit about what maybe some of your takeaways are from that? Yeah, I was... Uh, so this is, this is like the, our, the marquee event at Petoskey Beer Country Club, which I think is probably the case for, for most clubs. They're the member guests. So it, it was this weekend, practice round on Thursday, and then what was supposed to be 18 holes on Friday, 18 holes on Saturday. Uh, we played the 18 holes on Friday and then it downpoured on Saturday. Um, so we, we ended up, we got there Saturday morning. We were supposed to tee off at nine. We actually went at nine, 10 and I sent a picture to my buddies when we were on, we just finished our first hole and I sent a picture of the radar to my buddies. And I was like, we are on the golf course right now and we were dead in the middle of the biggest, the, I mean, easily the the most consistent, hardest rain I have played golf in. Just because mo- the golf course, every, every time it's rained that hard, the golf course is unplayable. Yeah. E- except for the 40 minutes that we were out there. So we played three holes, it, absolutely in a torrential downpour. Uh, got called back Sunday morning. We just got, got pushed or got uh, altered to a 27-hole event with the shootout afterwards. All in all, I think for the forgetting however much rain we got, an inch and a half, two inches of rain throughout Friday night and all day Saturday, the golf course looked awesome. Golf course played really, really well. Um, my brother and I did not play really, really well. Could have used could have used that that uh, last nine holes. I don't think it would have made a difference. I think if anything, that that not last nine holes would have spread us out more and maybe not allowed us to get third place. So maybe it's a good thing that it was only 27 holes. Yeah, I was going to say, be careful what you wish for, because you did finish in the money. Yeah, we did. Uh, <clears throat> something that, so I play with my brother. I have to tell one, I have to tell one funny story that Mitchell did, because okay. this was, this was really good. He's a pretty funny guy. <laughs> he is a, he, he is a funny guy. He, uh, when he takes his practice swings, he takes them really close to the ball. So close that like he, Typically, when you take a practice swing, you take a practice swing and then you adjust your feet and you adjust your club because both need to move to realign where you want to everything to be set up. His feet do not move. So it's his club. His club head is next to the ball. He takes his practice swing and then he just pushes his club head forward, but his feet stay exactly the same. So just all in all. 
Never all seen all. anything like that. <laughs> really bad. <laughs> it's not good. Uh, and Mitch is a good player, really good player. But this is like one of those things that he does. It's like he just can't do. Uh, we're we're playing alternate shot on the uh, the second round. Uh, I hit the tee shot down next to the green. It's a short par four, and Mitch hits the ball with his practice swing on our second stroke of the round. Like, talk about setting yourself up for failure for the rest of the day. I, I mean, we were we were in trouble at that point. <laughs> the ball the alternate shot is hard enough. You don't need to be hitting the ball on your practice swing. <laughs> the ball went like ten ten feet to the left, and he just looked. He looks back at me. He goes, "Does that count?" And I just didn't say anything. I, I, I was, I was already turned around walking back to grab my wedge because all I had in my hand was my putter thinking that we were only 10 yards off the green. <laughs> all I was going to need was the putter. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately I, yeah, I did that to Tad in the shootout, the whole, all I thought I needed was the putter. Now I have to go back to the bag for the wedge thing. That's never, <laughs> that's when an alternate shot, when you're like, Oh, I've done something terrible. Yeah. You're going back to the cart. And you almost don't want to. And I almost felt like, in a weird way, I put Mitchell in that position because like you don't ever want to just grab your putter and like let your partner see that you just grabbed your putter because then they look at you and they go, okay, well then they must expect me to hit this on the green. You have to be really careful about that. Oh, yeah. I just one of, the, one of the nuances of playing alternate shots. When do you take your putter out of your bag? Yeah, no. So it was, uh, I, I had a lot of fun. The, the rain on, uh, on Saturday did suck. I mean, I've been, you and I have been affiliated I mean, with that club, around that club for you lot, you 10 years longer than me, but I've never seen that event get postponed because of rain. So I think that was a, that was a first. I think they handled it well. Um, and I thought the shootout, the shootout was, was good. The weather was awesome. We did a, one thing I will mention, which is something that I hope we continue to do is uh, after Friday's rounds, we did a, a one club challenge with about 25 guys or so for, uh, a huge pot and that was something that like the, one of those things that is just so is so guys trip guys trip golf kind of i mean it really that was a great that was a great addition unfortunately we weren't there for that because nobody bothered to text us we we're on the other side of the golf course i think you were just afraid hunter of how good i would be in a one club challenge you know what maybe we need to have is we need to have a great lakes golf podcast nine hole one club challenge invitational oh yeah no I think all I... our listeners out there everybody can bring the club of his choice nick here you bring your nine iron we'll tip it out for you oh okay <laughs> well hold... funniest one club one club poll i've ever heard of <laughs> when he told but that would be really fun that would be a great event uh and and holy my apologies cam braddock uh I watched Cam Braddock have a hole in one this weekend too on uh, that same, that same alternate shot round that I was just talking. So Friday afternoon, uh, hole number five at Bayview, we were playing with Cam Braddock and Norm Braddock, the brother combination. And uh, Cam was teeing off on the odd holes and, and dunked it. Ball didn't hit a damn thing. It was one of the coolest shots. I think that's now my second hole in one. I've wit like somebody else's hole and I've witnessed. And that was, I mean, that was so cool because it, it was his first and the way it went in, the fact that it didn't hit the, it didn't touch the green, didn't yeah. really, didn't really wreck the cup. All you could hear was a noise. It was very cool. And, and he, and funny thing is he threw his club up in the air 
and then he actually left his club because I think you had to grab it because you were behind yeah. you were behind us. Yes, it was fun to be in the group behind you guys. It was a great celebration. Yeah, didn't see the stat, saw the celebration, and yeah, found the uh, seven iron next to the T Texan cam and said, "I assume this is yours." Uh, so yeah, nice little seven iron from one sixty five there, moonshot. Dropped right out of the sky into the bottom of the hole. So congrats. And uh, I think you still owe me a beer. Yeah. I think he owes me one too. It worked out well where he, he got to, he got to ditch out of there on Friday and then it was actually free drinks on Friday. Thanks to, thanks to Gypsy Vodka. So he really kind of benefited greatly from the, the time and place when he got it. Yeah. Thanks to Gypsy Vodka and compliments to, uh, Brian Sanderson at Bayview and of course John Mastenbrook. Brian between a hard rock and a hard place on Saturday had no good options for how to proceed. Obviously didn't want teams to have to drop by postponing it. Um, I will say that one of the things that I learned over the weekend is that I need to work on how I play in the rain. Not that I will ever have to play in that kind of rain again, but I duffed it. <laughs> you got a long swing for for, yeah. for for when things get a little rainy out there. I grabbed a five <laughs> iron for my second shot on six, which is a par five for those who don't know. I was over the road and I'm thinking, I knew this was, the, I was on my third glove and I pulled the club out and I was like, I, I could be holding a wet, a soaking wet, like thing of shampoo right now. Like there's just, if I swing this with any velocity, I almost chipped like an eight iron, like played it like a four shot hole. This is minutes before Brian finally blew the horn, <laughs> but instead I hit it 10 feet in front of me. And I was like, you know, just said to the sky, I can't hold on to the club. What am I going to do now? You know, like I need to chip wedges all the way up. So yeah, either need a purchase of rain gear, rain gloves and, or, just need to figure something, figure something else out there because when it rains, I, my game goes in the toilet fast. At least you had rain gear. I don't think Mitchell had rain gear. Did you see what Mitchell was wearing? He, he had like a, a shorts wind, and a polo, uh, and a wind. He had a windbreaker that was it was too small on him, <laughs> so it wasn't zipped, and there was a hole in the back of it. <laughs> He he was because it was too small. Because well, because he's just gotten so big the last couple of years. Like, yeah, I know he's he looks like he's trying to be Mark Wahlberg's stunt double. He's not far off, I don't think. All right, well that's it for our episode nineteen and our radio debut. We're gonna be stars. We're actually usually better than that. So stick around for for next week. We'll recap Olympics golf. It's kind of a nice like week off. I'm gonna be really light in DraftKings this week, and it's just you're gonna to have to be perfect in DraftKings to win this week with the no cut and limited field. And mm-hmm. I'm just gonna load up on my boy Si Wu, watch him, you know, shoot something in the low 80s on Wednesday. Stay up till 2 a.m. to watch him do that, and then I won't have to watch any more golf the rest of the week. But yeah, it, it, however it goes, we'll be back next week to recap it and look forward to the Barracuda. Maybe we need to get Joe Staco on the line. Preview the Barracuda Championship from yes. out in, out in uh, the Tahoe area. Yep. All right. Thanks, Hunter. Yep. Talk to you.
This has been the Great Lakes Golf Podcast, a special presentation of McDonald Garber Broadcasting. 1047 FM, 1340 AM, The Ticket.